Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Wow, I really accented the, like, accents yeah. this time. It was, like, that was really funny. forceful. Exactly. <laughs> um, specifically this week, check out our Gmail. I haven't said that one in a while. Oh, yeah, we have a Gmail. We have a Gmail. It's still it's completely... Still... Well, okay. It's not completely empty. I used it for a political thing we've been getting emails oh okay it's really annoying i unsubscribed okay that's good (laughs) okay speaking of which speaking vote next week fucker yep everyone vote even if you it doesn't matter your political stance vote participate in your government losers (laughs) (laughs) uh i thought we were the losers what i thought we were the losers oh yeah vote winners there you go winner mark (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> matt what you been up to um well a lot of things actually uh for one thing i watched a whole bunch of horror movies in preparation for this episode horror well. movies exactly yeah yep that sounds fun yeah but i'll save all that for later okay um but i also watched slash did a bunch of other stuff uh first daredevil season three finished that oh is that out yeah, you know, like I know you haven't been keeping up with the menu, but I thought, yeah, I'll give it, I'll check it out. And it's like, it was good enough that I kind of kept going, you know, a little bit. I managed to finish it by now. Maybe I should check it out. Probably worth it. I mean, for people who don't catch the joke, I even talked, we talked about it last episode. We talked too. about this last episode. I watched yeah. it and it's definitely my favorite season of TV of all time. Yeah. Matt's a little less like that is I think perfect. it's the second best season of Daredevil of all time, but that's that's a high standard that i think, a very I think it's standard. really really good yeah it's so fucking good we'll do a review of it some at some point right we, we are really hit or miss with tv show reviews because we missed jessica jones and i'm pretty sure the only one we ever did was defenders, defenders. <laughs> yeah 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 we review the ones that like matter or are good we didn't review luke cage or iron fist too those were both pretty good yeah but they we weren't like daredevil too. good no neither's defenders well, Defenders mattered. Yeah. I don't know why we decided to do Defenders. Because it was only Do we have episodes. a pattern? No. I think our pattern is legit randomness. Pretty much. We just randomly decide what we're going to... It's just super arbitrary. Yep. Because, you know, people don't actually tell us what they want us to review, so exactly. we give them random. So really, this is your fault, This is people. all your fault. I love how every episode we turn something bad on the audience. Exactly. Maybe this is why we don't have listeners. Because <laughs> every time they listen, they're like, wow, they made me feel like shit. I'm going to go cry in my bedroom for an hour. That sounds like something our audience would do. Yeah. Yep. You mean Mark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So that's that's good. I also finally finished watching How I Met Your Mother. Oh shit! Mom dies of cancer. Spoiler. I mean, it's been out for what, like four years? Was well, it? I didn't know. I didn't know how it ended. Yeah, I knew how it ended. Um, I knew how he met the mother. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's a classic, modern classic. It definitely doesn't get. It's not as good at the end. Like, they definitely wrapped it up in, like, a weird, uncomfortable way that kind of ruins a lot of it. I didn't like the very, very end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely the very, very end, but, like, the last season was just, like, for me at least, was like, "Mm." Okay. They had, like, all this build-up to something that this seems rather unnatural. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I liked the last season. I just didn't like the very, very end. Yeah. Which has been controversial in the past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great show. It's yeah, funny. funny. It's well-written. It's got 
good characters in the sense that they are interesting, not that they are good people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good old Barney. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, so I, I was watching that with Hannah because she'd seen it, and so she was making me watch it. And so we have now started The Office, finally. Oh. Okay, you can, you can have that one. I'm not a huge Office fan. Okay. Uh, there, I, I find the majority of it unwatchable and cringeworthy and just like it gives me like a bitter taste basically i can see that from the one episode that we've watched there are like funny moments that Mm -hmm. i will see when i'm scrolling through facebook and it's like funniest gym pranks like those are obvious those are definitely the like the i don't know what the phrase is like the highlight well not necessarily highlight but like it's the thing that stands out that's good there's a phrase for that i don't know what it is Maybe I should think of words when I'm doing a thing based on words only. <laughs> but no, the gym the gym pranks are funny, but otherwise it's just like mm. Okay. <laughs> well, I I did like the first episode, so I'll keep watching and I'll Yeah, if you if you ever if you ever want a show that ends terribly, that is definitely the show to do it. Okay. Have you heard about all that? Uh not really. Steve Carell left. Yeah, I did for the know last he season left. and they had like Will Will Farrell. Oh. And it just like they lost. They lost like this. The Rock for the for the mm-hmm. show, and it was just the Rock was in it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He came in and he like beat that. people up, and he was like, "Can't see me." That's John Cena, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> They're all the same person. They're all the same. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I will probably not provide any updates on that until I'm done. Okay. Which will be a while, I yeah. imagine. But, yep. Um. I also watched uh, one non-horror movie this week, okay. which was Up in the Air. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. It's a sort of a rom-com. Rom-com? Sort of. Not exactly. It's it's a little more drama than... I think I vaguely remember it, ha- it happening. Is it... Uh, no, don't tell me that it's an actress. Is it like... It's not Sandra Bullock. Tina Fey? No. Who's who's in it? Uh, George Clooney's the main guy. George... Okay, so... It, I, Mm, I yeah, should George have said Clooney, George Clooney. I knew George Clooney was in it. George Clooney, Who's Sandra Bullock. Sandra he's Bullock. Even, no, she's not in it. Oh. Uh, Anna Kendrick is. Oh, shit. And Vera Farmiga. Okay. No. Never mind. What, what okay. about that? I knew George Clooney was in it. Why were you, like, putting your... Oh, are you, like, they're the See, same? It's easy to mix up Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Yeah. They're pretty similar. It really is. Yeah. Um, are you being serious or, like... Do you think I'm being serious? I'm, I'm, I'm not being serious. I'm not being serious. you're being completely different. <laughs> <laughs> No one can they're tell they're in very similar movies a lot though. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of put them at the same level actually. Now that I think about it, like I, I don't really like I I guess if I had like a several bubbles mm-hmm. of like characteristics of an actor, they would be in like the exact same spot. I can I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so basic story <laughs> is George Clooney's a guy. I start a timer. Who's that's probably a thing we should do. Uh, George Clooney's a guy who his job is he flies all around the country and fires people for bosses that don't want to fire people themselves. That sounds terrible. Not yeah. the movie. It sounds like a terrible like thing for the world to have. Why can't bosses just fire them on their own? Because uh, sometimes you need a professional to like manage the situation and do like immediate grief counseling and okay, that makes sense. Um, like help walk them through their options. And George Clooney is very good at it. Or at least his his character is. Yeah. Um, and so Anna Kendrick is kind of a hotshot recent Cornell grad who comes in and has some thoughts about shaking things up that he doesn't take too very kindly. He, turns out he's the one that's fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, what happens when you fire the one that fires people? What if that? That'd be you great. Fight fire with fire. Never works out well. Awesome. Fuck you. <laughs> that was good. That would be really cool, though, if like they had like a movie like that where like they have a guy that fires people professionally, and then someone fires him, but he turns it around and then fires the other person. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait, what? How did this happen? It's like you start robbing the muggers. Yeah. Like they point a gun at you, and you're like, no. It's, it's, there's an ASDF movie thing. It's like, you're being robbed, Puck. No, you're being robbed. Ah, how does that even happen? <laughs> yeah. But in real life. And funny. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's actually a really good movie. It's, um, it's definitely more drama than comedy, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got its funny moments for sure. It's got a funny cast and some funny situations. It's sort of like the, the witty funny more than the laugh out loud yeah. slapper funny it's just it's it's got kind of a rhythm to it and a bit of energy and it's fun to watch but mm-hmm. it also gets really serious yeah more serious i've never seen george clooney do like a laugh out loud constant oh no many stare at goats is pretty funny but you'd hated that movie yeah <laughs> i didn't hate it i just thought it was kind of boring you know it was laugh out loud funny batman forever with George Clooney. Different reasons. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, you didn't appreciate all the ice puns? Oh, my God. You know, I still haven't seen that movie all the way through, and I don't think I ever will. Just out of principle. That's that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Uh, but, yeah, Up in the Air, I strongly recommend. It's it's actually... Is it on the list of a thousand movies? Do you think it would be based on it? That's a good Possibly. question. Every time you see a movie, I'm going to ask you if, it, if you think it deserves to be on the top list of a thousand movies. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to get like a frame of reference for what a thousand movies would be. And have you you know. you've seen the list, right? Yeah. I should give you like the bottom five of the movies, so you know like what the bottom boundary is, and if you think it's like objectively better than. Yeah, I I think probably. Okay. I think it probably deserves to be on. There. We should <gasps> we can make this a game now. Okay. Like every time you say if it is or isn't, like we can give you a point, and if it's if it's wrong, I'll get a point or something like that, and then okay. we just go get drunk. Fuck all the points. Just like, just... <laughs> there's, there's like, no like punishment or reward. We just play the game. And then regardless of who wins, we just throw the game out the window and go get drunk. Yep. <laughs> That's real life folks. Oh my God. We should have like, we should do an episode on that. Like revolved around the thousand movies. Okay. Like try to guess. Yeah. We'll do, we'll figure something out. So we'll, yeah. We'll work on that. If you have suggestions for how we should format that, leave it on our gmail because i mentioned that earlier yeah just do it on the gmail gmail.com do it on the gmail Only i on the expect gmail. at least one email from you mark come on mark <laughs> we're counting on you he's the only one that i know actively <laughs> listens yeah so like <laughs> just gets out it all the time uh, uh can i take a brief segue into chestnut moment yeah sure okay um so there's like half a, this podcast is me taking brief segue into DC nerd moments. Exactly. So you can take yours. <laughs> I mean, chess nerd's a little less relevant to sort of what we <laughs> nah, pretend to be about. pop culture. Popular? That's kind of popular. It's, it's culture. Popular. It's going to be more popular if an American wins the world championship next month, oh. which might happen. Will it be, though? Probably. You remember okay. what happened when Fisher became world champion? No. no you don't, because that was in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> but no, chess became very popular for a little while. Oh, cool. Um, anyway. There's a big open tournament going on right now in the Isle of Man with a bunch of the best players in the world and a bunch of other good players. It's very appropriate for a very male-based game of chess. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of fitting. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, uh, there was a game played between uh, Sergei Karyakin, who was the previous challenger to the world championship, but didn't win. And a guy named Sam Sevian, who's, I think, a couple of years younger than us. Oh, damn it. But is one of the best players in the U.S. You know what? He can shut up. Yeah. He doesn't have a podcast about pop culture media now, does he? No, he... Well, I don't know. He might. <laughs> he does. What if he's a way more... Like, what if he's just one of those people that, like, every time you think you have something on him, he just has something way better? Like, just one of those movie characters is just like... You mean my little brother who's listening to this? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Take it down a notch, buddy. Don't don't get too so, like, self-depreciative on this thing. <laughs> anyway, so these two guys played a game. And um, it's not an especially notable game for even the standings or anything. But it's notable because... So in chess, um, if one player has a king and two knights and the other player just has a king, that's all the pieces that are on the board, it is impossible to force a checkmate. You can set up like a position where it would be checkmate, but it's impossible to force the defending side to walk into it. Hmm. But. He did it. No. Oh. That would have been bizarre. Because it's basically (laughs) like, you can force it to a position where the defending side has a choice between walking into a one-move checkmate and just stepping aside and the game goes on. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty obvious that it's just a one-move checkmate because yeah. you walk into the corner, you have nowhere yeah. to go. So that's never going to happen above like the absolute beginner level. Mm-hmm. Um, but weirdly enough, if you have a king and two knights and your opponent has a king and one pawn, there are some situations where you can force checkmate. It's very bizarre. It's basically the idea is like you, you put a knight in front of the pawn so it can't go anywhere and then you can corner the king with your king and knight oh. get him to where he can't move so it would be stalemate which ends in a draw mm-hmm. if you can't move but you're not in check yeah but then you release the pawn by moving the other knight and so he has a few pawn moves he can make and in the meantime you bring your knight over and checkmate him huh and that is it's so rare it's called the Halley's comet end game <laughs> and it happened i get that reference it happened in, it happened in this oh, game shit. this week which is I mean, really that was cool. real insulting to the guy because, like, he obviously has. It's like because you know that if you're in that position and like mm-hmm. the moment they release your pawn, you're like, oh shit! Yeah. But you have to play through the rest of the moves, just like yeah. <laughs> Man, just get checkmated, and oftentimes it ends with like they promote the pawn, get the queen, and then the next move is checkmate with the knight. Oh fuck. Um, yeah, so it's it's really rare, and it's one of my favorite little quirks of chess, and it actually happened in a real high-profile game this week, so nice. I thought that was very exciting. Interesting. Yeah. Is that all you have been up to? I also read Volume 2 of The Manhattan Project. Oh, oh shit. Is that out? That's like... Oh, wait. They've, no, that Injection's Oh, Injection's the one that goes episode or no. volumes. I'm keeping an eye out for that one, but gotcha. I haven't seen anything yet. Uh, yeah, so I liked Volume 1, but didn't love it. I think you felt the same way. Yeah. It, it got... I think it went too bizarre too quickly. It yeah. started too. It started grounded, right? And then like it, th- there was no like they didn't use lube, right? <laughs> like it was just like okay, this is a really grounded thing. Oh no, it's not. Yeah, left and, turn, left turn, left turn. Yeah, so like if they'd started a little less grounded to put the like the the tone of a little less grounded in it immediately. Yeah, they didn't though. Yeah, so. But um, what do you think? Yeah. Is it well, good? The, well, the first volume kind of felt like it was all just sort of getting to set up for some big story. Uh-huh. Second volume kind of feels the same way. Oh, Jesus. Like it's bringing in more players and 
setting up more things. So it kind of feels like the story hasn't actually begun yet. Oh, good lord. Um, it wasn't great except the very last issue I really liked. Um, the very last issue was set actually completely inside Oppenheimer's mind. Okay. Which is interesting if mm-hmm. you know about his character in yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably interested enough to get the third volume at some point. Okay. Because that's, that's kind of how I, I do this. I buy the first volume, and if I like it enough, I get the second volume. And if I like it enough, I yeah go on and on. So like Punisher Max, I made it through two volumes, and I was like, I don't need to read any more of this. Yeah. Um. So this one. So yeah, that's the problem with me though. Point. Is like I. Right. You're I, all completionist. Yeah. Yeah. It really sucks. Yep. For when things are really bad, and I have to force myself to read Hawk and Dove and <laughs> Static Shock. Yep. Thank God there was only like one volume of those though. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to put myself through the rest of them. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So I'll. Probably end up getting three at some point. Still kind of on the edge. If when you when bad. there's like nothing else that you're like really actively looking for, you'll just like, Meh, all right, I'll do it now. Yeah, yeah. So, so let you know if that ever happens. I have obviously continued my new Teen Titans. I've I've by reading like one issue. Right. It's I have had jack shit time to do anything this week mm-hmm. because I have logged more hours this week studying for a single exam than I have logged at work in any given week ever which is insane yep the test was on thursday and during that week i studied for 46 hours give or take a lot it's a lot lot of hours yeah and i'm definitely the only person that walked out of that classroom going hmm i actually feel pretty good yeah i talked to other classmates and they're like maybe got a 30 and i'm like "Ooh, maybe got an 80 (laughs) so studying helps folks yep but boy am i tired (laughs) you texted me like i i'm pretty sure so to 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 add on to that like record breaking number basically, I'm pretty sure in the past three days I have woken up more times mm-hmm. in like the course of three days than I have in any given month. <laughs> like I have taken so many like just brief na- like just passing out. Yeah. Because I've been so fucking tired yeah. this whole week. <laughs> it's the worst. Don't do school kids. Don't do school kids, stay in drugs. <laughs> But no, like it, I, it, I'm still kind of recovering from that. Like I'm on a current coffee high right now. I'm very tired right now. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did watch the next episode of Teen Titans or next episode of Titans. Oh, okay. Half of the episode. Okay. Partially because I passed out watching it. <laughs> That's <laughs> a ringing endorsement. There can, no, it's not that. It's just being exhausted. <laughs> um, it's not as good as the second episode from what I've seen, mm-hmm. but it's still a vast improvement from the first episode. Okay. I really think the first episode was just a really weird trying to get a grasp of what it wants. Mm-hmm. It's still the same kind of thing. The The horror aspects weren't as like... I guess it was really just like that one scene that I saw in the second episode that was like really terrifying right. briefly. That like I was like they need to do more of that if they're mm-hmm. gonna go horror. Um, but Hawk and Dove, which were e- easily the standout characters in the second episode, Hawk had one line basically, mm. and they were stuck in a hospital. So I was like, all right, well, you guys like lost like the most interesting characters you have. Yeah, I want them to come back very much. Um, but other than that, I'll let you know. Like, obviously next next week I'll have seen the rest of this episode and then I'm going to continue. Andrew has like said, he's going to stop watching 
because it's not good enough and it's not consistent enough mm-hmm. to dedicate his time to. But I'm going to keep watching just because it's my blind loyalty to DC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but there, there's hope. There's definitely some interesting things going. They <laughs> This episode, they really danced around casting Bruce Wayne. <laughs> So, like, there's actual scenes you hear Bruce Wayne talking, so it's an actual actor, mm-hmm. but they refuse to show his face, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of, like, Dick Grayson backstory stuff, so it was, like, him wandering around the uh, Wayne Manor and doing some stuff, and, like, you, you see the the thing that's in the trailers where it's, like, Bruce Wayne's silhouette as he's, like, running away kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, it's just, boy, I have a feeling they're not even going to do what Supergirl does, where they just cast some bullshit actor to just fill the role. Like, I think they're just going to keep it a mystery, which is kind of good. Don't yes, let yeah. don't let Robin get overshadowed by Batman because everyone gets overshadowed by Batman. Yes, Superman, you have a Superman story. Throw Batman in there, and then suddenly Superman's overshadowed. Yeah, so to speak. <laughs> but no, I think it's fine. I wouldn't. I don't recommend it to anyone who's like looking for a great show to watch. Okay, so Reading that's all I've been up to. All right, uh, news. I don't have anything written down. I don't it's have been anything. a really slow week. So slow. Wonder Woman got pushed back. That was the only thing I was going to say. Uh, anything else that uh, I'm? Oh, uh, there was an. Oh, anything else that was in the opening weekend of uh, or opening month of uh, Star Wars Episode Nine got pushed back. Mm. I think James Bond twenty five. Yeah, and but we we knew that was getting pushed back. One other thing that got director. pushed back. So everyone's like, "Holy shit!" Episode 9 is going to do really well because there's nothing else coming out that time. Episode 9 is going to do well anyway. Well, I am I think it's going to do not as great as episode 7. Well, yeah. I, I think that's possible. Because it's toxic and suicidal fan base. Yeah. Which I will continue to shit on for being toxic and suicidal. But it is a vocal minority and there's so many Star Wars fans in the world that want well, to see that's like, this end. That's the problem though. It's the vocal minority. So right. people who are like kind of... Uh, apathetic towards it or just like mm-hmm. really neutral about it will hear all this bad shit from these that vocal minority and not go it's right mouth right but the apathetic people probably weren't super likely to go anyway that's true I, I think it will depress showing up at least to the point that it's not going to be force awakens numbers yeah. but i still think it's going to do very very well yeah like, i agree yeah it'll I, i'm guessing at least 1.5 billion worldwide 1.5 million worldwide? Billion. Billion. Worldwide. Blah, million. Wow, that'd be a really depressing number for <laughs> Star Wars. That would be a bad Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I'm going to really brief, if you can think of anything else, I'm going to briefly scan through my news thing to see if there's anything. Oh, er- oh my god, okay. CW, fucking stop. Oh my good mercy. Did you Have you been hearing about what they've been, what they've been doing lately? They've been no. doing an Elseworld episode, which is basically just, hey, how can we fucking mix up everything? That's not what Elseworld is. Elseworld is not an excuse to just make fucking Oliver Queen become the Flash and Barry Allen become Green Arrow. No, it's goddamn nonsense. That's Elseworld is something to tell an interesting story yeah. about a drastically different situation, right. such as what if Superman landed in Soviet Russia? Right. Interesting. It's that kind of thing. Not just let's fucking put Steve Amell in a really gross looking, uh, he's too big to be the Flash. Yeah. And it's just... This is fucking nonsense. CW is continuing to ruin all of DC knowledge. Anyone, people tell me about like they're watching. I have a friend who, oh my God, I've started like seven different thoughts. I have a friend who wore a Star Labs sweatshirt. And I was like, is that because of like the CW show? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, and you shit on me for like, like, 
being, being obsessed with DC and you watch that show, there's no reason you hate this, like, think that DCW has all incompetent heroes. Because you're watching a fuck bunch of fucking incompetent heroes! Yeah. Everyone in CW is the fucking worst and I want them to stop. They keep making things worse. They started, they fucking cast Batwoman, who is an amazing character. It's like a, the first, like, high-profile, openly gay, almost-got-gay-marriage, like, Bat family character, and they were just like, mm, nah, it was in the comics, so that was a little irritating. But then they cast this, and they're probably doing like jack shit with her. They're probably just having her because they like they they get off on wanting to have bat characters. That's not clear enough from all the six seasons of Arrow. So then they finally landed with Batwoman. They're like, hey, we have an official member of the Bat family. They were just like, oh, we have to do something with it. We don't know what we're gonna do. Maybe just put her in there. I don't know. Second CW, please stop. That was very entertaining. I hate CW so much. You know, I hadn't heard that from you before. <laughs> I was, I, I was it's really, a new opinion. It's a new was, opinion that yeah. I just developed over the week. I was always curious about your feelings <laughs> on that. <laughs> Holy mercy of gosh. All right, moving on. Okay. What's today's episode thing about? Well, uh, <laughs> I lost all of my energy doing that. In honor of spooky season. Spooky uh, season! Spooky season! <laughs> Uh, in honor of all that, we're doing a two-part episode this week and next week talking about horror. Horror! And scariness. Scariness. And fear. Fear! There That's we go. Horsey. <laughs> fear. <laughs> that was different. Uh, so we're, we're kind of structuring this chronologically. Uh, start- You're structuring this chronologically. I'm just along for the ride, man. Okay. <laughs> when we conceived of this idea... We said, let's structure it chronologically. Oh, and now apparently... you're talking about the two episodes. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so today's episode in particular is going to be like old horror up through kind of the golden age of slashers. Yeah. Um, and I sort of drew the dividing line in my mind that Silence of the Lambs marks the start of the modern era of horror. Okay. I can buy that. It's definitely not like the slasher tension constant. Well, I mean. It, it is. Not. It is constantly tense. Well, well it's not like the being chased around by a maniac with a blade. Right. And it's also, I think it marks a difference in that it's much more of like a serious movie. Yeah. It, it won a bunch of Oscars and stuff. It was the first movie to do that. The, the, the tension is more in the writing as opposed to just, again, person being chased around by by a maniac with a blade. Right. So I'm going to call that the cutoff line. We'll talk about silence of the lambs on next week. This week is, Man, I don't even know they were making horror movies in the 1890s, so. Well, isn't, like, what's the Nosferatu? Yeah, that's that's 1922. Okay. 1890s. Um, uh, give me a single hint, and I would probably be able to tell you. If I remembered, I'd give you a hint. Okay. <laughs> I just looked at this, like, two hours ago. Yeah, um, no, they definitely had horror movies during the silent film stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, Nosferatu's a good example. Yeah. 1922, there's, um... Uh, something of something of Doctor Cagliari was nineteen twenty. Um, Frankenstein was one of the first high-profile sound movies. That was nineteen thirty-two, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, the point is, we've had horror movies forever. Yeah. So my first big question slash point of discussion yeah, is slash i <laughs> see what i did there i have feeling very punny today so there might be a lot of like okay interesting puns this is good this is good uh so why do we like horror stuff so much why has it become 
why do we like horror so much? Yeah. Ooh, okay. So I'm trying to think of ways that I can get into it, like psychologically, but I really don't think it's like super psychological. Okay, because I think I it's actually... just like we like to be scared. Okay, I did actually read an interesting psychological argument. About we like this. to be scared, but safe. We you, know you have stumbled right on the argument. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure I have said this at some point that like, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of the same thing that we watch a lot of like really negative movies mm-hmm. because we like to be put in that kind of un. It's almost a struggle to say fetish like or like we like to be put in dangerous situations because it's exhilarating but also subconsciously we do like the reassurance that this is just a movie and i'm not right. going to be stabbed by freddy krueger <laughs> probably not um, uh, yeah no this is this is a real psychological phenomenon called controlled risk that, control, yep, yeah, that yep, people there we go. <laughs> latch onto they, they watch scary movies they ride roller coasters yeah um they eat food that is specifically designed to be too hot to consume my, oh, spicy food. Yeah, spicy uh, food. Yeah, okay. I, th- I was like, I mean, I've definitely had like one or two things that are like way too hot to burn my mouth, and it was definitely a bad experience, and I'm never doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> but people will eat spicy food because they enjoy it, even though it's a plant that literally evolved to cause them pain. Le Manoir du Diable. The... Which is sometimes credited to being the first horror film. Okay. Late 1990s. Or 1890s. Yeah. Late 1990s. Wow, they started real fucking late there, buddy. Yeah, you thought Halloween was a horror movie? Yeah, no, no it's that's a comedy. A... It's a rom-com. Just a guy trying to chase a girl to marry him. That's, that's what that's about. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was reading. There's an interesting essay by um, someone. I think Elizabeth Barrett is her name. Um, and she posits the idea that Basically, for most of humanity's existence, people lived under moderate to serious existential threat at any given time. Either mm-hmm. saber-toothed tiger's going to come and eat you, yeah. or neighboring clan's going to come and wage war on you, or even when you get into city-state era, it's like maybe the tyrant's going to just go out and execute everyone left-handed this week, or yeah. something. Or the plague's going to come, or... The... I mean, we're still honestly kind of there. It's just more modern stuff, like... You get into a okay. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try to avoid getting like legit political, but like you're in a situation where there are like kind of I mean, borderline or legit tyrant rulers who have their finger hovering over a nuclear war button, and people are legitimately terrified. Honestly, I am minorly terrified that a nuclear mm-hmm. war will just start immediately. Okay. It's a much larger scale of what they had, yeah. but and it's it's I would say it's the same average. It's a larger scale, but it's a lower possibility okay. of a tyrant in 1620 murdering anyone that's left-handed, mm-hmm. <laughs> cutting off all their left hands. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's still there. So I think mm-hmm. maybe, like, going to movies now is like, okay, that threat is real. Subconsciously, it's not real. Mm-hmm. I'm safe. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, well, you look at, like, basically post-Enlightenment and Industrial Revolution, uh, the life expectancy goes way up the violent crime rate starts to go down um basically your day-to-day chance of dying just starts Plummets. dropping off yeah really fast yeah and so what do people do well they still like that excitement they still need that psychologically and so they invent stuff they invent literature and stories uh-huh. that are designed to scare them and induce that that fear yeah it's just it's it's more controlled yeah and there's definitely every single person likes some sort of fear 
Like, uh, the, I, uh, I'm trying to think of like, so how, how many different like examples? So you mentioned horror movies, spicy foods and roller coasters. What are other examples of like creating fear? This is getting more psychological <laughs> than like pop culture, but I don't give a um, shit. The other one that comes to mind immediately is, uh, taking really hot showers, like too hot to actually be comfortable, but it like, it's pleasurable for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm also, nah, I'm not going to get into that. That's a little weird. What I was thinking of, like, I'm getting into, like, BDSM, and I'm not oh, okay. going to, I'm not going to start talking about that on this. Well, I mean, that, that is a legit Well, it definitely is, yeah. but I don't want to, going to want to get into that okay. too much. We're, we're, a, we're a family friendly podcast. This is a family podcast. friendly conversation. God, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Uh, hear that, kiddies? Um, anyway, yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense if you, like, you look at when horror stuff starts to appear. Frankenstein, Dracula, that stuff starts to come around post enlightenment and during the industrial revolution mm-hmm. when life at least starts to get on a better track for people. Yeah. Um, and you can, Hey, of... only three of my friends died this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it stands to reason that of course, when cinema shows up, people are going to be like, Oh, well let's introduce horror to this. I think especially because horror and scary stuff is much more of a sensory experience uh-huh. than your imagination. Yeah. Like your imagination is very good at scaring you. Why why do you think monster movies are the most effective when they don't show you the monster? Why do you think I have to sprint up the stairs whenever I turn the light off downstairs? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because your imagination is really good at scaring you. Yeah. But. Because your imagination knows what scares you. And it's right. just like it just creates the perfect monster for you. But I think. I think there's a big difference between reading a book that's describing creeping floorboards and mm-hmm. um, moving shadows and mysterious sounds and actually hearing and seeing those things. Yeah. I think that provokes a much more primal response. So it just makes sense that that's going to happen yeah. in film. Um, so then my next question was going to be kind of about tracking the modes of horror because elaborate so you look at the (laughs) the original kind of the first wave of actually serious good horror movies so nosferatu there was a dracula movie um Mm -hmm. kind of the basic the early universal monsters yeah stuff with the the first mummy and i think 31 yeah like the old mummy not the brendan fraser one no i do enjoy those movies quite a bit but they're and then the scorpion king the great movie (laughs) phenomenal movie i haven't seen it i just know it's garbage yeah <laughs> i've seen some of the cgi yeah uh, it's like yeah. 2004 era video game cutscene. yeah <laughs> um uh but yeah so the the very early stuff a lot of it is kind of monster based but small human shaped monster yeah so you suppose there's a reason for that or are they just taking popular myths and putting them on screen because that was the first thing they thought of okay is there a right answer to this I don't have a right answer. Okay. Do I think there's a reason they stuck with these specific ones? Well, these were all, like, myth stuff before. So, like, right. uh, vampires have been around yeah. for thousands of years. Yeah. And Dracula um, has been very popular for the century leading up to yeah. those um, movies. Frankenstein is more, I think... Well, Frankenstein, I feel like... I, I, I'm not exactly positive about this. I could be entirely wrong, but... I can picture it coming up in, like, the height of fear of science. Uh, well, I mean, Frankenstein's just, it's a book. Well, I know, but, like, the movie came out in the height of the sense of, like, because the book wasn't really, like, a horror book. 
I remember reading it, and I was I was never really like. I mean, obviously, also was, your your standards yeah. for fear are much different yeah. than in like eighteen twenty. But like, it didn't do much to scare you that often. It was mm-hmm. just honestly like a really good story about mm-hmm. like other themes, like what makes you what makes you a human, what gives you a right. soul. Um, but like, I feel like having a movie that's kind of around the time of the fear of science that look goes like, hey, look, you can create life. Everyone goes fucking what <laughs> it's kind of along the same lines of ai's now mm-hmm. like you're you, we can create ai's that can do stuff like kill people and we have no idea what it's what it's doing mm-hmm. so i feel like that may have been why that specific like it might have been different reasons for each movie mm-hmm. okay. um you know something really creepy just quick quick sidetrack here uh-oh. um some researchers real some researchers took two different ai's and basically stuck them in a room together and was like here interact and they made up a language that the scientists can't decipher yeah i remember hearing about that skynet is already real google also has a you know about the google thing right which google thing the google language oh no google so whenever you put whenever you're using google translate Mm -hmm. you put in your language it translates it to its own language and then translates it to the to the next language interesting it has its own language that it uses to translate i did not know that yeah it's a it's all about like algorithm is because it uses more algorithms since like mm-hmm. some languages are so drastically fucking different like it's gonna that be real sense. hard to go from like bell or not belgian is belgian belgian isn't they belgian speak german they speak french do they speak no they do oh god yeah they do okay well it, you can't it's hard to go from like okay then french to swahili yeah like they're just drastically different languages, so like it kind of goes through its own algorithms of its own language. Okay. Anyway, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yep. Okay. Um. So it doesn't surprise me that the mm-hmm. AI has created their own language. Yeah. But uh, back to horror. So I think that may be the case that each one is kind of its own. Also, just like they're looking for things that scare people, mm-hmm. they'll find the ones that work. That makes sense. Like I mean, it follows is terrifying because it's not really like a threat that's it's not a fast threat it's a threat that like slowly looms on you Mm -hmm. and also (laughs) it really hits home to people who have stds yeah it's a little terrifying sex is scary people sex is scary don't do it just do drugs all the drugs stick to those drugs this is a family show no school no sex (laughs) (laughs) just form your life around drugs um no but like so i think well, I mean, some of the best horror movies are things that are rooted in what scares us at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to get into some of that more later. Okay. Um, I think... So this is my long-winded and really just, like, shotgunned answer to your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I was just going to say, I think it's part, mostly just an artifact of, okay, this is stuff that has already been a proven winner. Frankenstein, yeah. Dracula. We already know that that was popular yeah. by the 30s. I think it's probably also just a function of special effects. Yeah. It's a lot easier to make something approximately human-shaped in size yeah. into a monster than make a Godzilla yeah. or something. Nonsense. Just put him, in a, put him in a T-Rex suit and have him dance around. Perfect That's an actual segue thing, too. people. Yeah, no. That's, have you seen that? Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect segue to uh, post-World War II horror. Which would be... Uh, well, I mean, you look at the Japanese monster movies. That's that's one example. That tends to be a lot more specific, though, because they're like, oh, we just got nuked. This is the most horrifying thing. A giant, unstoppable, destructive force oh, that's going to okay. level a city. Yeah. So that's that's very direct. But I think also you, you look at um, 
uh, American stuff. You do get a little more of the sci-fi stuff. I'm thinking of the Day of the Earth Stood Still mm-hmm. specifically. That's sort of around that. Um, I'll admit I didn't spend a lot of time on. Well, so this is this okay? Think, uh, thinking what I really like to. I mean, obviously, what I like to think about. I'm realizing this is a huge passion, not passion, but like mm-hmm. something I like to look at is like what's going on in the world around it, which is why, you know, right. in church, I'm always asking for like, hey, can we get like historical context around this mm-hmm. this chapter? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so following World War II, when did the day to the earth stood still? Uh, late 40s, early 50s. Okay. 51 so, maybe. So this, this was before the moon landing, but this is kind of during, this is around the time that we're starting to go like, hey, space. Yeah. Space fuckers. Because it was yeah. 64 was the moon landing? Nine. 69. 69. I thought it was 69. I didn't think it was 69 because it's like it's 69. So yeah. I was like, okay, surely that's just my brain being an idiot. <laughs> but all right. Um, hey, that's why 69 is so appealing. Because ah, it, it appeals it's, to our inherent... It's, it's based in yeah. science. Okay. Science is the answer! It's a kid's show. It's an education show. <laughs> yep. Um, I thought you said we weren't doing school here. Oh shit! Only drugs. Yeah, only drugs. Only drugs. Um. <laughs> uh. But yeah, no. So like, I think this uh, day of the earth stood still. Like, sci-fi is becoming was becoming popular because mm-hmm. we were starting to talk about going to space. Like by then, we were sending things into space. Mm-hmm. Like we like when yeah. Sputnik was thirty. No, fifties. Was it fifties? Yeah, because we didn't have rocket technology till after World War Two. Germans came up with rocket technology during the war. Huh. So you know, so you know this stuff better than I do. I know some things. You know the supplementary or complementary? Yeah, supplementary, because it fills in the supplementary gaps. adds up to one eighty. Yeah, complementary, complementary just adds up to ninety. 90 yeah. I've been teaching so many kids geometry recently. <laughs> <laughs> Weird that I actually, I actually just know that because like yeah. supplementary fills in the gaps. Complementary is just okay. additional information. It complements it. All right. Anyway, fucking um, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I think this is also just kind of an era when horror started to get more all over the map just trying things seeing what yeah i think also the reason it's hard to pinpoint a lot of horror from this era at least from like american horror is that was kind of a really generally good time in the country Mm post-world war ii it's like yeah we won cold war was cold war's not heating up it's peace and pretty conformity in the suburbs yeah um so at that point there's not really a cultural fear to reflect. So yeah. the, the movies might end up being more escapist or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I didn't look very much at horror from this era. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess Hitchcock kind of comes yeah. in this era. When uh, was Stephen? Never mind. Stephen King's much later. Way later. Yeah. Pff, ignore, ignore we'll get to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I guess Hitchcock starts to come in. Uh, and he's kind of just more like, I'm going to make good movies and some of these are going to end up being horror movies just by the nature of their subject matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I watched, I finally watched Psycho in preparation for this. Okay. Um, which I'm not entirely sure what that's afraid of. I think it's more just Alfred Hitchcock was a twisted, twisted man that liked making good movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then I also watched The Birds, finally. The Birds. The Birds. Birds. Not Birdemic. No. The Birds. The Birds, which has better special effects than Birdemic. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's just a better written, tenser 
I mean, you can't. Movie. It's it's a real low bar, man. <laughs> I know. It's, there's not many movies that are worse than Birdemic. Catwoman. There's one. Ha ha! And it happens to be a DC movie. Damn it. Ha ha! <laughs> no, I think the CW would be probably worse. Anyway. Anyway. Not getting back onto that. Nope. Off the CW. Speaking of horror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think Hitchcock was more just an anomaly. Did you say off the CW? Don't they say, isn't there like thing on the CW? Probably. I think that's actually their thing. Oh. Ha. I accidentally made fun of them. Anyway. Continue, Matt. That's as much effort as I'm going to invest in. We should move on because we're like (laughs) treading water hard on this like post-World War II era. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think Hitchcock's an anomaly. He's not representing a particular cultural fear as much as he likes thrillers and psychological dramas and stuff. And so some of those are naturally going to have horrifying aspects. Yeah. Okay. Um... So pushing past that, there's then the 70s and early 80s wave of occult and sort of fringe religious horror. I'm thinking Exorcist, The Omen, Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby, all those ones that I completely forgot existed until this morning. And so I didn't watch any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I, I, I know enough about them to lump them together. It's all about. So what's happening in the church around this time then? Um. Well, I think this is probably a time, this is 70s and 80s, when the church starts to feel threatened by uh, a more secular culture. Mm-hmm. And, like, the counterculture has really become a thing at this point. And, yeah. Um, I tried looking at some statistics on church attendance. It, I don't think it really was dipping at that point. Okay. Maybe a little bit. But I can definitely see how sort of traditional religion would feel threatened by what was going on yeah. in the culture at the time. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything that has to do with like, because obviously exorcisms were huge way back when, when like, right. everyone believed that demons and everything were right. real. Um, but like, is there anything like there was like a resurgence or maybe a vacuum? Because I feel like both can do can have that effect. Yeah, yeah I think they sure could. Um, maybe like the Pope said a thing that caused like just a, a thing in passing where it was uh-huh. like. Yeah, if I ever have to do an exorcism or something, and the entire Catholic Church is like, "Oh God, oh no!" and then people are like, "Oh, hey, exorcist! Uh, 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 look, here's a terrifying movie for you." Yeah, um, I think it's possible, but I'm not gonna. Quick pop fi- pop quiz: Who was the Pope at this time? Fuck, I don't even know. <laughs> you could say any name, and I would be, and I would know it was just as true. Flatulentius the sixth. Pope Flatulentius the. Yeah. I cracked my neck while doing that, and it like distracted me. Yeah, okay. Pope in 1980. Let's see. That was Pope John Paul the second. Holy crap! I actually should have really? known that. I should have known that. Wow, popes live a long time. <laughs> yep, I watched the movie about him. Didn't he die in like 2000, like four or something? Uh, might be. It was like really recent. Yeah. Because then it was. Innocent is the one that stepped down. Benedict. Oh, Benedict. Yeah. Uh, served Sovereign Vatican from 2005. I was one year off. You're very close. <laughs> All right. Enough on papal succession. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. So I, I think it's possible that. Speaking of horror. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy old men. Oh. No, man. Um, I think it's possible that this was sort of the era when you get. Um, Sort of the hippie, uh, 
astrology and thinking about energies and stuff and so there is more of a cultural force towards spirits yeah something in that direction yeah that would lead maybe the ordinary people to be like "Ooh, demons yeah they're all practicing witchcraft and because that that there were people that are like um there were some cases in the late 80s early 90s where they're like yeah satanist cults are abducting and raping children and it turned out to be just total nonsense. I'm but. wondering, like, I'm wa- I, I wonder, because I'm thinking of it, like, now in relation to comics, that around the 70s and 80s was when the CCA started, like, mm-hmm. relaxing on horror themes. Okay. So even, like, beyond the medium of film, comics were starting to use horror aspects swamp thing Swamp Thing was in the 80s yeah late 70s early 80s yeah so there's that like that was a huge horror thing Mm -hmm. um dc vertigo i believe started running some things uh i think hellblazer was started up then like just beyond obviously like i said the um oh never mind 1993 for hellblazer yeah no oh i betrayed well swamp thing's a good point there yeah but yeah so like it's i think maybe it's because I was about to say maybe this specific like kind of poltergeist kind of horror was mm-hmm. because there was a movie like Exorcist or whatever the first movie was, yeah, and it succeeded, and they're like that works. Oh yeah, let's make a bunch. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. Like yeah. how many shark movies have come out since Jaws? Yeah, <laughs> just so many. The Meg, they haven't stopped. No, they haven't. <laughs> um, and the, people turned that into piranha movies and bear movies. And yeah. All sorts of things. And wolf movies. Yeah. Ray. Although that's actually more of a meditation on man's frailty before nature and a bleak struggle for survival and almost has nothing to do with wolves, actually. It's a really good movie. Except he fights people, fights wolves at the end with like broken glass or something. Sort of. That's like the final shot. Yeah, I know. standing there. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's, a, it's a good movie, but if you're expecting Liam Neeson punches wolves for two hours, you are sorely in the wrong place. Yeah, you need to go watch... Uh... Star Wars Episode One for that. What? Does he punch wolves? I don't think he punches there a animals? single wolf in that one. Are there animals in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, sure. The Gungans, the Gungans ride on things. Oh yeah. There's like those giant fish monsters. There's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger yeah. fish. Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson punches bigger fish in that one. Yeah. Which bigger fish? Wolves. He sees this like the bigger fish is like always a bigger fish, and then he's just like, you know what? No, I'm a bigger fish. Jumps out of the bongo and like runs up, and just <laughs> punches the fish in the face. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, horror. This is, um, yeah. But yeah, so I was gonna say, like I said, perhaps it was just one movie that succeeded and they followed it. But oh yeah, there's it's obviously wider culture is starting to follow this trend. Yeah, but I mean, there definitely is something to just horror movies. Also, any movies follow the trend. Partly, I think partly this is big in horror, especially because horror movies tend to be really cheap to make. Yeah, Uh, like you look at the budgets, and they're always. I mean, like, adjusted to today's dollars, they're always, like, $10 million or less. Well, because, like, some of the best aspects of horror are tension, and tension is slow. Mm-hmm. So you can you can kill, you can choose screen time mm-hmm. by just having Michael Myers walk down a hallway for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, I think it's also something that is served by its own limitations. Yeah. Like, I, I made the analogy in my head to, it's like writing a sonnet. A lot of the best poems ever written are sonnets because poets are forced to restrict themselves to this very particular form. And yeah. so it forces them to be really selective. I think horror is like that. If you have a really low budget, it forces you to be really selective about what you show and how you show it. Yeah. 
And so it kind of forces you to accidentally build tension by keeping your monster in the shadows. And, yep. Um, and just not having him on screen. Yeah. Like, make the scene look like the monster's, like, around the corner, but he's actually not. So yeah. you don't have to cast him. Yeah. So I, <laughs> we should... I want to do a short film that's, like, a full horror movie, but there's you just never see the actual, like, slasher. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. I'm going to pitch that to Andrew when I get home. Okay. I actually watched a movie this week what? that's a slasher movie where you never see the slasher except like you get his pov a couple times okay not even that though okay just like there's like a history of like the slasher and they're like running around and they hear sounds around the thing Mm -hmm. but like i just do not have to cast okay um of course all of my ideas are always taken yeah um (laughs) let's see i want to get to slashers but i want to save that for last because that's Okay. Kind of your thing and my yep. thing also now. Yeah. Um, now that you've seen all of them. <laughs> a few of them. Yeah. Uh, so I think the other one I just wanted to mention was Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, is more just a... Here's a twisted dude that happens to make stuff that's high quality and really popular. And then child orgies. Right. Also that. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. I was trying to explain to somebody that that's what happens at the end and people are walking by and giving me real weird looks. Yeah. Can't imagine why. No. I was just talking about literature, you uncultured swines. Stephen King kind of is literature. Yeah. Literature is lit. What? It's a book. It's literally literature. Okay. I, <laughs> I, have, I have a very weird definition for literature. So well, I mean, there's classic literature and then there's yeah. literature. Literature is just anything that's written. Okay. And it's a media. Literature is a media. Well, yep. Yeah. Yep. You fool. I just have a weird definition. You uneducated fool. I'm so educated that I have transcendent classical definitions. I'm going to throw my phone at you. Probably you're going to. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think Stephen King, again, it's just a Hitchcock thing. Yeah. Should we get to slashers? Yeah! Let's slash! Yeah, let's do it! Let's do this! All right. I just heard noises from outside. <laughs> wow! Perfect timing! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Minorly terrified right now. <laughs> Matt planned this whole thing. He actually hired a legitimate murderer to come slash me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> that actually scared me. Uh, we just started. My dad walked in the door right after we talked about. We're starting talking about slashers. And I made the joke that Matt hired a slasher. And that's when you open the door. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you earned that paycheck. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did you, did you, I, part of me actually thinks you asked him to do that. No. <laughs> no, that was just fortuitous timing okay any moving on so anyway slashers so slashers so you tell your story of growing up with slashers because i think this is kind of adorable so <laughs> when i was a kid I, i'm pretty sure my parents know about this if they're if they don't and they're outside listening then they're gonna learn about this when i was a kid we in our kitchen we had a breakfast bar it was just a counter that was like over by like the door and like near the near the table and it had this really small tv mm-hmm. and like when i was a kid i'd go to bed at like nine o'clock but I would always, like, get up and, like, when my parents would go to bed, I would get up and go watch TV on the thing. That's when I was, like, exposed to Adult Swim. And that might explain why I'm really fucked up. Because I watched Adult Swim when I was 10. That does explain some things. <laughs> um, but my favorite time of the year was when... Go away. <laughs> oh, my God. Both my parents... Actually, this is funny. I'm telling... I'm confessing to... Oh, they're listening. I knew it! I knew they were listening! I would sneak to the breakfast bar. My favorite time of the year was, like, around Halloween when AMC would start running all of the slasher movies. Mm -hmm. So I would wake up, and I'd run all the way down to the breakfast bar. Yeah, Mom, hi, you're listening to this. And I'd watch all the slasher movies. 
and I'd watch things like Halloween and and Friday the Thirteenth, yep. and uh, I think I, I didn't see El- Nightmare on Elm Street as much, okay. um, but I definitely saw Child's Play and stuff, and I would watch this stuff when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but only little bits because if my parents would ever, ever hear hear my parents moving around, I'd turn off the TV and hide. <laughs> yeah, I'm confessing right now to my parents <laughs> in the doorway right now. Just, and now they. <laughs> I, you raised me that's probably the root of what's wrong with me mom <laughs> but no i would i would always watch these just the, the horror movies when i was a kid and i fucking loved them can i can i just throw in right here that oftentimes the, the best horror movies have is also like they're based on good family drama so this is a very meta thing to happen right now <laughs> But I would sneak downstairs to the really tiny, like what, like a foot by a foot TV screen and just like huddle right next to it and watch these terrifying movies yeah, and just be fascinated by it. So like, I've never actually, not never, I've seen a couple. I haven't seen many of these movies all the way through, Mm -hmm. but I've seen little bits. Like I know the scene where like the girl gets stabbed through the bed. Mm -hmm. I I know all of the Jason death scenes mm-hmm. because, like, he would, it would always be something that actually didn't like kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the girl getting hooked on the hooked on the hook. Uh, oh, Texas Chainsaw. I I don't know if I ever watched Texas Chainsaw, but the girl gets hooked on the hook in that one. There's definitely a Jason one that does that. Wow. Rip off. Um, but like, I it's just. That's I grew up with that. That that is a very vivid memory. Every year, mm-hmm. it's a very consistent, vivid memory of me like sneaking into the room, <laughs> into the kitchen, and watching the horror movies. <laughs> okay. So like I, it's not like something that I am vastly knowledgeable about. Right. It's just something that I love because it's what I grew up with. Right. Which is why this is going to be an interesting conversation because right. you actually have watched them with a critical eye. Right. It's just a nostalgia thing for me at this point. Right. That, like, I watch all these, like, I see all these costumes of these characters, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I remember seeing that. It's I When I was 13 or 14, I ordered a Jason mask online. It was my mm-hmm. first ever Amazon order. <laughs> and I was handing out candy by, like, wearing the Jason mask and would, like, jump out. And, like, I would oh, hide behind the yeah. bushes and jump around behind kids. I made multiple kids cry. It was awesome. But I'm very like, proud of you. Then I just realized that like I don't need the mask because just the thing that scares people is the jump scare. Yeah. So I had to be like, ah, and then people would be scared. But and that's why I started scaring people. Sorry, Nick. Nick got the brunt of that. Ah. But so that's that. Okay. That's my memory. All right. I think that's films. very adorable and I'm very glad that we got you to tell that story. Yeah. Um, and it was fucking phenomenal that my parents just like both stuck their head in the door yeah. and started listening to the story. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't know. Yeah. Honestly, I was terrible at hiding things. <laughs> the worst. Okay. Um, so I'm curious, like, what are your impressions? Do you think any of those movies are actually like good and hold up? I don't know. I don't think that they're very quality. Like you, if you want to watch one of those movies with the intention of like having emotions or like watching a quality written movie, mm-hmm. I don't think you would be very impressed. Okay. But I think the point of it is just the tension and they're just very amusing to watch. Mm-hmm. They're not action packed, but it's just like, it's the point of a horror movie. It's the point of a slasher movie. It's yeah. just the tension. And like, you know, one of them's going to die. You like watch them make mistakes. Like from, like, the first movie everyone knew, don't open the closet door. Like, yep. that's, like, 
rule number one. Like we yeah. did this how to survive a movie thing. Yeah. Follow the rules. Everyone knew those rules. You mm-hmm. watch people do that. And that's what the thing is. Like you're like, no, no, don't do it. No. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's kind of just like almost amusing to watch people like running and tripping and like running really slowly going, no, no. And like looking over their shoulder and like, no. And then tripping and mm-hmm. like throwing things at the person. And it just hits and bounces off Michael Myers or Jason. Yeah. And like just the, I don't know. Interesting. So you've also kind of absorbed the, the I guess, cultural idea that, yeah, these movies are kind of fun and maybe a little bit campy, but they're not objectively good. I think, for me, they don't need to be... A, yeah. I'm not watching yeah. those movies for that. I don't yeah. care if they're good. I okay. want to watch the... That's I, fair. I want to watch Jason die again and mm-hmm. then wait for the next movie when he comes out and yeah. he's not dead. And I think... Don't hang, Jason! People survive hangings. What the hell? Yeah. Have you? Was that the first one? I think that was three. I don't. I, didn't, I never actually got around to Friday the 13th. Oh, man! I know. I'm disappointed, too. But, like, that was... that was. I, I kind of, like, looked through all these and that was the one that had the only one of like the classics that had really bad reviews oh really yeah it's like 22 on metacritic the first one yeah hmm. people are the worst i no. mean like i said you don't watch this movie for like the i mean metacritic is where they like analyze the movie you know what the first halloween is on metacritic like a 92 80 okay yeah <laughs> well i mean halloween is like one of those out outliers where well halloween and also nightmare on elm street are like written yeah. Like, they're written to be movies. Like, yeah. Friday the 13th, or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, is this former child molester mm-hmm. that's in, in, entering into children's dreams. Like, mm-hmm. it's it makes sense. It's written. Okay. Friday the 13th is just this guy that we know very little about that he drowned in a lake and then now kills anybody that goes to Crystal Lake? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's just... This is guy. It's just this guy that doesn't die, and then like, oh, his mom's there, and then he okay. fights Jason in a in a camp or in a in a, not Jason, Freddy Krueger. Right. Okay. I you're in my world now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So I did watch Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think it's kind of the perfect example of what you're talking about with the slasher, where it's not actually a good movie. Yeah. It's just it's it's, it's creepy and it's entertaining, and it does a good job of like. It puts you in the dream world where the rules don't make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. which actually going back to that Elizabeth Barrett essay that I was telling you about, mm-hmm. um, she mentions that there are kind of two main components that make horror scary. And one of those is absence. So you put someone in a situation where there's an absence of clear, coherent rules. Yeah. Basically. So a dream world. Yeah. And that becomes much more tense and unsettling. And it definitely like... Things like Friday the 13th, it makes you not want to go to Crystal Lake. Things mm-hmm. like Halloween, it makes you not want to go to be next door America. neighbor, be next door neighbor to a murderer. Yeah. Um, if I'm remembering right. Uh I'm not actually next door neighbor. He drives a long way to get there. What did I say? Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. No, the Okay, I might be thinking of a different one, but there was definitely like there's a story of like the neighbor in the like the kid in the neighborhood, like the boy is the one that like killed his family. Yeah. So the is that two or three? Uh, well, the first Halloween, the premise is there's a kid. He's six years old. Uh, his sister's supposed to be watching him on Halloween night. She goes off and bangs her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He goes upstairs and stabs her. Yeah. Um, gets sent away to a psychiatric institution. Breaks out when he's like twenty. Oh yeah, and then goes. And but then it's still the neighbor. Back. It's still the neighbor. Well, but the house is boarded up and the family's gone. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, don't have a neighbor who's a six-year-old murderer. 
Except he hasn't lived there for 15 years. But you fucking... No! <laughs> Don't live somewhere where there's a six-year-old that murders somebody. Okay. Just that's what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> Jesus, make my joke more complicated than yes. it needs to be. Yes, I will. But Nightmare on Elm Street, don't go to sleep. Yeah. That's kind of the whole point of Nightmare on Elm Street is right. don't go to sleep. Right. So, like, that takes a thing that everyone needs to do and you're like, oop, nope, don't want to do it. Oh, God. Oh, God, stay yeah. awake. Yeah. So, I think I think Nightmare on Elm Street, like, I recognize that it's iconic and I appreciate what it was, but I didn't enjoy it as a movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas Halloween... I enjoy it as a movie, yeah. As well as I recognize that it's. Iconic. Did you watch Child's Play too? Uh, I would just watch the first one. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, because the thing with these horror movies is like the first one and usually kind of like the second one too. They don't give you much of the backstory. Like they give you like a little bit, but like they start over the course of like the ten movies that they make, they develop their backstory more. Right. They make stuff like, up. Yeah, they make stuff. They bullshit they, things. They, they change. Need, things. They need a revelation every time to keep the audience yeah, exactly. on their toes. So, like, I don't know what they really told you about Chucky in... Oh, they the give first... you everything. They give you everything? Yeah. Okay. Serial killers. Yeah. Spirit. Puppet, goes... yeah. That's like the the, ty- the the credits are playing when that happens at the beginning. Who's... Oh, who's the serial killer? The serial killer's name is Chucky. Uh... I'm trying to remember because, like, they did a lot of flashbacks in, like, the way later ones to the first movie. No, the serial killer's name's not Chucky. The doll's name is Chucky. The doll's... Hmm... Okay, there's something else that I'm trying to remember. Yeah, they might have. It was one of the way later child's plays. It was like the. It was the one right before Bride of Chucky. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. There's a million child's yeah. plays. Yeah. Because there's like what, like seven child's plays, and then like six Chucky's. Something like just that. Just doesn't stop. Yeah. These these things spawn sequels upon sequels. Yeah. Which, I think again, that's a function of it costs nothing to make these movies, and they do pretty well. Yeah. See, honestly, like. I'm one of the people, like, I, I typically don't want to go see a movie that I think is going to be bad. Yeah. Fortunately, Meg tricked me. You tricked me with the Meg. You told me you thought it'd be fun. I thought it'd be fun. It was not. I'm sorry. It was a travesty. Use Ruined my your, second anniversary. I'm just kidding. Use your own judgment. <laughs> um, But I will definitely go watch all these. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go see Halloween. I haven't seen Halloween. Yeah. We should go see Halloween this week because I have nothing due. We should. Fucking do. Have you seen, you haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. Andrew saw it and he thought it was really, really good. Yeah. I need to go see the first one again all the way through. See, that's the problem, yeah. though. Like, I know tidbits of everything. Yeah. But I have yet to see any of these movies all the way yeah. through. Well, the first Halloween is genuinely a well-made movie. Like, it... it I think I'll do that tomorrow night. No, I won't do it tomorrow night. It doesn't, it doesn't pioneer a lot of these techniques because it's not actually, yeah. like, the first slasher. But it's sort of the first one to bring it, the genre into the mainstream. Do they ever explicitly call him The Shape? No. They just call him Michael or Michael yeah. Myers. That's always interesting to me that, like, they have these names that, like... Because uh, Jason Voorhees has a name. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is. I'm pretty sure it's like they, he has a name, but like nobody fucking calls him that. They just call him Jason. Right. And like same with, uh, uh no, I think Freddy Krueger is just Freddy Krueger. Yeah, they call him that. Um, But like Michael Myers, his name is The Shape, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. They never call him that. But yeah. anyway. Um, anyway. We got to wrap up. But we're at an hour. I'll get there. Plus some because the time that... Right. I'll get there. I just have more I want to say. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, Halloween, it, it does a great job of... Uh, man, so it, it's kind of iconic because it does a lot of POV shots from Michael. Mm-hmm. And it does a lot with really slow, sort of kind of at a distance, almost voyeuristically following the main characters. Yeah. Um, which just constantly puts you on edge, which is perfect. Because that movie is like... 
less than an hour and a half long mm-hmm. and no one dies the first hour except like the very beginning when he kills his Kill sister. sister yeah yeah and it's just it's constantly building tension they put him in the background just all over the place yeah just floating around he'll like there'll be two people talking and he'll drive by in the background or That's something not the one where the person's dead in the tree with the um string lights is it no okay that's one that i vividly remember Okay. He kills a person and shoves him up in a tree that's got like Christmas lights in it. Hmm. And then like, I think it's a cop. And then he goes like, and like someone gets blood dripped. I'm like, oh God, a body. And I just look straight into the light and now I'm blind. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah. It's also, it, I think it does a really good job with the cinematography yep. where it just, it feels like an actual Halloween night mm-hmm. as you're watching it. Um, it also does something really cool where it, spends the 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 kids are watching a scary movie in the like yeah. they're being babysit they're watching i think the original thing which that's another great horror movie from this era i think i do remember the scene and they just spend like 30 seconds focusing on that and i think that's great because it kind of puts you in this headspace of like that's a horror movie and then it pulls you out and immediately like goes outside and it's like this is real life and it feels like it yeah and that's really cool it has a lot of cool stuff like that that puts you in the movie i think there's there's a show that did that where there was kids watching a, a horror movie and then like they're like oh it's just a movie it's not a big deal and then mm-hmm. like 20 minutes later one of them dies mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um so halloween was one of the early slashers but i want to go back just a little bit real quick to like the actual first slashers mm-hmm. so psycho is arguably one of them yeah um, there are a couple others from that era that are kind of arguably the one that's usually cited is actually a bay of blood which I think is European, maybe, and mm-hmm. I couldn't find anywhere, so I didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, but then, sort of the first two mainstream ones uh, from 1974, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Which I did watch, and that one's actually really great. Hmm. It holds up. It's it, it just feels grimy and gritty and yeah. sweaty and like you can smell the movie almost, and it's <laughs> it, it really helps the atmosphere. Smell the movie, baby. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. And so it's it, it's terrifying because again, it just it builds the atmosphere really well. Yeah, it's just a very different atmosphere from Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to mention, also from 1974, was Black Christmas. Which do you know that one? No. Yeah, that one's much less iconic than a lot of these. Partly because it doesn't have a famous-looking slasher villain. This is one I was talking about where you never actually see the guy. Oh. You see, like, his eye at one point. I'm going to dress up. Do we, know, shots. do we know what this guy's name is? What the slasher's he calls name himself is? Billy. I'm going to dress up as Billy for Halloween and just not be there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go to a Halloween costume party and just not go. Yeah. <laughs> So this one, um, Aha. this is actually a really interesting movie. It's directed by the guy who did A Christmas Story a few years later. Ah. It has uh, the girl who played Juliet in the famous Zeffirelli adaptation of Romeo and Juliet that everyone saw Romeo, in high school. Romeo plus Juliet? Or the, like, no, the, the one where like you the saw old, her boob. The old 60 ones where you see her boob. Oh. Yeah, so she's in it. She's kind of the main character. And it also has uh, pre-Superman Margot Kidder. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't she? Didn't she die recently? Yeah, yeah, she did. Wow, way to bring it down, Preston. <laughs> Jesus, like uh, why? Why was that necessary? Why? Yeah. <laughs> she, instead of Lois Lane, she plays. It's it's all set in a sorority house, mm-hmm. and she plays sort of the foul mouthed drunk of the group. 
which is kind of entertaining. Yeah. That is um, very opposite of Lois Lane. Yeah. So basically it's this group of sorority sisters. It's Christmas time and they start receiving creepy, threatening phone calls and then start getting picked off one by one. Also Scream. Oh I'm yeah. A slasher. Scream's a slasher that I When forgot. did that happen? That one's a little later, I think. Yeah. Like mid 80s, maybe? Possibly, yeah. Something like that. Um, but Black Christmas was actually my favorite of all of the movies that I watched in preparation for this. And that's including, like, Psycho and the Birds. Yeah. So this is high praise. All right. For most of these, like, kind of my test was how long I would go before I'd start doing something else or if I would start doing something else. Mm-hmm. And so, like, The Hitchcock, I made it through no problem. Halloween, I watched all the way through. Nightmare on Elm Street, I got about halfway through and started, like, doing other stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I made the mistake of, like, starting out doing stuff on the side. I was just like, this is more academically interesting. I'm probably not going to love this movie. Mm-hmm. And by the end, I was just, like, riveted and really feeling yeah. it. Because it's got, like, it builds the tension really well and it plays the human drama really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the finale and actual ending is, like, all-time great, in my opinion. Okay. So... Yeah, check out Black Christmas because it's actually low-key the best slasher. Cool. Um, I might do that then. Yeah. I love slashers. Yeah. I really just want to, like, for nostalgia's sake, just go through and, like, watch a couple scenes on YouTube of the slasher movies. So Mm -hmm. I don't, again, don't get the whole thing, but, like, (laughs) just see bits of it. Yeah. Might do that tonight. You You know what I think we should maybe do in future years for Halloween is just take one of the slasher franchises and watch all of them. I would fucking love that. Yeah. Why even, like, wait? We, we, we kind of have this plan to do, like, series series, mm-hmm. which we have done none of. Maybe. We should do one of those soon. Yeah. Maybe next October, we just, every week, we do a different franchise. That's going to be so many movies, though. <laughs> I do not have that time. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> uh, We'll think about this. Yeah, we'll work on it. Um, But, yeah. Oh, I had a point about slashers that I wanted to make that if you track the U.S. murder rate, it's very low post-World War II. It starts to go up in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Slasher movies appear. Murder rate starts to go down in the early 90s. Slasher movies get more ridiculous. Huh. Yeah. I think it's very much like a people are actually afraid of just getting killed. And yeah. so let's put that fear on screen. Yeah. Put a... And all these all these slashers are faceless in some way. Yeah. So let's put well, it. Well, Freddy Krueger's not. Freddy Krueger's not. He's kind of the exception. That's marginally different because it's like dreams and stuff. Yeah. It's not real world. Um, But yeah, let's just throw a faceless killer out there that could be anyone and could be anyone anywhere. Anyone you know. Yeah, you could go home and then suddenly the, the shape is there. Yeah, exactly. Or Jason Voorhees. Right. And so that, I think that's <laughs> just to tie it back. What do you think of that, by the way? Well, oh, you never watched Friday the 13th. No. God damn it. <laughs> I did like the Halloween. But, um, yeah, so just to tie it back to the point that you made a long time ago, yeah, I think that slasher movies are actually one of the cleanest representations of a cultural fear being brought to the screen. Yeah. Like murder, interpersonal violence. Yeah. So. All right. All right. I think I've said everything I want to say about horror for this week. Cool. I have another hour of things to talk about. Okay. So Sounds good. Never mind. Shall we? <laughs> we shall. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to this. Next week, we're going to do the, the, the new movies. Right. The new movie stuff. So, so gonna, go we'll, tell us what you want us to yeah. make sure we cover. Starting with Silence of the Lambs. We'll get into, like, the early mid-aughts uh, sort of bad jump scary paranormal activity type stuff. Not watching any of those. 
I'll watch a few. Not watching any I'll of them. I'll be brave. Nope. Uh, and then we'll get into sort yeah. of the, the new golden age of horror, which we'll talk about more with It Follows and The Babadook and Get Out and Quiet Place Quiet and all those Place, things. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, if you got recommendations for modern horror movies, we'll say post Silence of the Lambs that you want us to check out. Hit us up on Facebook or Gmail at justicelosierspod at gmail.com. Or Twitter. Or Twitter uh justice losers pod we also have an instagram where we occasionally post pictures of things that's still also haven't done anything much lately just, justice losers pod i posted something a couple weeks ago did you yeah a screenshot from child's play because it's directed by Tom oh Holland. yeah that's right yeah <laughs> um yeah if you got thoughts on future episodes that you want us to do uh you can tell us at one or many of those mediums you can find this podcast and others like it although you shouldn't find others like it you should only find ours we are very jealous soundcloud and itunes yes indeed um so check us out there if you want to find us somewhere else tell preston and he'll do things and technologize it so that you can listen to us on other places uh so thanks for listening to this episode and i think that's bye. All I have to say bye bye